Well, good morning, everyone. It's a glorious, glorious Wednesday, and I am so excited that you've taken the time to join us for our daily devotions through Redeeming Life Fellowship. And uh, if you haven't met me before, I'm Dan. I'm a teaching pastor here, and uh, we're going to continue through uh, this journey through the book of Romans as we've been following along with our Redeeming Life reading plan. And uh, we're going to be uh, concluding uh, chapter 11. We're going to be focusing on verses uh, 25 through 36. So chapter 11, verses 30, 25 through 36, excuse me. And this is uh, a culmination of uh, this, this long and intense look that, uh, that Paul has been leading us on towards not just what the gospel is, but also what it means for the gospel in Israel, the gospel in the Jews, uh, and saying that if the gospel is true, what does this actually mean for the Jews? Uh, is there salvation for them? Uh, is there a salvation for anybody apart from Christ? And these are all pressing questions uh, hanging over the, the, the church in Rome and indeed many churches throughout the ancient world at, the, at this time. And again, as I mentioned before in the, the video for, for uh, Romans chapter 10, uh, is increasingly relevant when we're trying to ask this question, is there any way of salvation apart from Christ, apart from what Jesus has accomplished on the cross? Is that the only way to heaven? Is that the only way for salvation? Is that the only way in which uh, human beings and sinful and rebellious and dirty and nasty and evil as they are have any kind of hope uh, for life in God's eternal kingdom? That is a relevant question indeed. And so uh, right here, we're going to reach to the culmination of what Paul has been um, has has been arguing up until this point, that, uh, that, that indeed Christ is the one who's sufficient uh, for, for salvation for all people. And that uh, we have to understand this in light of God's sovereignty, in light of his election, in light of his kindness, his sternness, um, and to also be able to understand all of this in light of God's mercy. That is, God has done the things that he's done for your behalf and for my behalf and for behalf of the Jews and for behalf of the pagans. Um on behalf of sinful humanity, that all of this is a reflection of God's mercy. And he uses this metaphor of uh, branches who have been grafted in, uh, branches that have been cut off, and, um, and branches that have been sort of brought back in, uh, in that all of this sort of is the work of the one who prunes a vine. You know, these are certainly... Um, it's a, 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 a visual aid, a visual metaphor, very similar to what you find in John chapter 15, for sure. Uh, but the interesting thing about this, about choosing a metaphor like that, is, is this. When you're cutting away a branch, you know, pruning it, um, it's a lot simpler to sort of count your losses and know that as long as the tree is okay, as long as, as the roots are fine, it's going to grow another branch. Uh, but there's a lot of effort, uh, and indeed, um, 
that, that, that goes into a branch that's been cut off and to say, you know what, it would be a whole lot easier. Um, I'm not losing anything, really, if this branch that's been cut off, if I just threw it into the fire. Because as long as I nurture this tree, it's going to grow back, grow back something new. But rather, it's the fact that, that, that anybody has been grafted into, you know, a tree at all. Any branch that's been grafted into a tree is an act of sheer mercy that says, uh, no, your life is still valuable to me. That... Um, I want to spare you the sort of destruction, the only destruction that you could ever, because life separated from God can only mean death. Um, and even if it's been, you know, freshly cut and it looks as though it's, you know, flowering, and, uh, you know, blossoming looks good. Um, but eventually, you know, that branch is going to wither and die. Uh, and God, by by the way of, of grafting uh, grafting people like you, people like me, um, into a life-giving connection with the living God has been nothing more nor less than a sheer act of mercy. That if we're talking about the sort of things that motivates God to action, indeed, he's sovereign. He's kind. He's stern. Um, he's um, omnipotent. He is, he's sovereign. Um, but in all of these things, that God has done what he has done because he is merciful in nature. If he has shown people like you and people like me mercy, that must bespeak to the profound and unmatched mercy of someone like God. Who rescued us from the thing that you, that you and I deserved? Uh, we didn't get the thing that you and I deserved, and that's because of God's mercy. And a passage like this that leads all the way up into into this doxology, where Paul just erupts in glorious praise and honor towards the living God, and all of that is is brought about because. He's seen firsthand the mercy of God towards him and towards his people and towards people who are on the outside. Um, God has done what he has done because he's merciful. Uh, and that is reason, all reason enough to be able to just melt before the presence of the living God in worship and adoration. So with that in mind, let's read Romans chapter 11, verses 25 through 36. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. So to be sure, even if Paul doesn't know exactly how God's going to do it, how God's going to bring about salvation through faith in Christ for the Jews, 
he believes that God meant what he said when he says that there's a deliverer who's going to come from, come from Zion and he's going to turn godlessness away from Jacob and that he's made a covenant with them that he's going to take away their sin. Um, that the, that what when God said that he meant it for his people, his covenant people, who's going to deal with their sin for goodness sake, that that's going to happen. Even if he doesn't know how, he has faith and trust in God that he's going to take care of it. So, verse 28. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies on your account. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Just as you, who were at one time disobedient to God, have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too now have become disobedient, in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. <laughs> Let this blow your circuits. For God has bound all men over to disobedience, so that he may have mercy on them all. And it is no wonder that Paul, at this point, is just... Uh, he's undone <laughs> by coming to, to grips and just getting a taste of what it is that God has done. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us for Daily Devotions. I, uh, if you haven't, I do encourage you to subscribe to the YouTube channel or perhaps our podcasts and also encourage you to support us financially and uh, support us also through the on-the-ground work that we're doing here in Huntington County and uh, uh, Whitley County. I can't remember my own county. Gosh. Uh, and uh, I pray that, is, that, that God would, gosh, that he would not just bless you, but that... Um, that he would uh, transform each and every one of us and make us alive in Christ um, in that we would become the people that God desires for us to be with a life-giving connection with the living God. So uh, God bless you. Take care. And I look forward to seeing you all next time. Take care.